Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome in, Busted Open Nation, here on a Saturday. It's time for the weekend edition of Busted Open Radio Podcast Edition. I am your weekend host, Ryan McKittle, and I got alongside me, as always, your other host of Saturday's Busted Open, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. And we have one hell of a show for you listeners out there today. And why is that? Well, it's due in large part to what was an outstanding Friday night SmackDown last night on Fox. Roman Reigns showing up with Paul Heyman, a main event featuring a major swerve for a lot of us, and uh, maybe some ramifications leading to WrestleMania. Could we be getting a Roman Reigns, Dwayne Johnson main event at WrestleMania? We'll get the world's strongest man's thoughts on that on this in the best of edition of busted open here on this podcast we're also going to be hitting a, a huge piece of news coming in out of smackdown last night and that is the disillusionment of the friendship between sasha banks and bailey uh, taking a very violent turn last night on smackdown and hey we're going to skip weekly winner today so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to find that a different way why are we skipping weekly winner well that's because just in a few hours aew all elite wrestling is putting on all out that's right we got a pay-per-view to talk about we're gonna be talking about it here on the podcast edition of busted open all you gotta do is sit back relax Click play on that browser. Let's get it going here on a Saturday. Busted open, coming your way. The question essentially was, can you even be a heel in 2020 with Paul Heyman as your manager? And, and I, listen, I say that because I saw a lot of discussion on social media, right? This is, you know, this this needed to happen. This is Reigns as a heel, yada, yada, yada. This adds depth to the character. Uh, we're, you know, people pontificating on where it's going to go. I'm just kind of putting a hard stop in my brain. Listen, guys, did, did we forget Just, you know, eight years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was, Paul Heyman linking up with another WWE champ and a person who is was and is till this day extremely over in CM Punk. Right. They put Heyman with Punk at one point, they being the WWE, obviously, uh, with the hopes to get some serious heat on him. Well, the, the problem was, Mark. Punk was so over that didn't happen. And to a larger to a large extent, Heyman was so over that that didn't happen, right? I think people have been waiting so long for a Reigns heel turn. It comes with Paul Heyman, and it looks like it's being done so well. I understand we're operating in a pandemic WWE, so, you know, the crowd isn't there to shift that sort of narrative. But when the crowd does come back, Mark, I have a hard time believing that you're going to hear many boos for Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman no matter what they do because just of the history and how much respect a guy like Heyman has. Am I off the mark? With that, do you think there is a way to get people to hate Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman together? I actually do think that that that's exactly what it is. Um, Roman people already were were on the fringe of of not liking Roman. They respected right. him, but they didn't like him. They felt like too much too soon. Um, let us let us choose who we want as champion. And Roman is really 
the screws of, oh, yeah? So you didn't want me to be champion. Well, I'm going to show you every reason that you should have been behind me. Now there's no more seats on the train. Don't come trying to take a seat at the table now. Like he has that kind of demeanor and mentality. And it's conniving and it's, it's, it's like that, that, uh, that, that mob boss that says, yeah, man, just going to sit in the front seat, man. You know, we're going to take a ride. And they get in the back and then out comes the piano string. So I think that's kind of what is happening right now. I, I think that this is the Roman that will grow to down the road to, to hate like we hated Brock, the, the, the hate like we hated Ted DiBiase. And you respected these people, but you had no love for them. That's that's the thing. Like, did, did people actually hate Lesnar? I, I think certain people did, but I, I think yeah. also I think there's also a section of, of pro wrestling fans that realize the attraction that Reigns is, or excuse me, that Lesnar is, and what he brings to the business. And, and the fact, I mean, you see it, the Suplex City shirts, right? Like he comes out and people, you know, chant along with Paul Heyman. Granted, that's a lot of Paul Heyman, but the people that have been with Heyman this last decade, namely, I know there was that little brief. Uh, period, I think, with Cesaro there, but namely CM Punk and Brock Lesnar, they were prototypical heels in my mind. Like, remember when Lesnar got suspended uh, by Stephanie McMahon after he came back, whatever that was, and he wrecked shop and he got suspended? Like, people were really, like, they were into that. He was still a heel sort of when that happened, but you could see the, the elements, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that was also because of Stephanie and right. them being involved with this whole um, we're the bosses, we're, we call the shots, we tell you what to do, we tell you when to pee, we tell you when to eat, like that that whole thing. Of course you're going to side with anybody. Right. That that That's against the, um, what do they call themselves? At that the time? authority, I believe, the at authority. that point. Yeah. Anybody that was against authority was the good guy. <clears throat> Even a Brock Lesnar. So... Let's go back to a, uh, a year and a half ago. Okay. David LaGreca was so pissed at Brock, at Brock Lesnar. He only defends the title once a month. He only comes on Raw once a month. And he screamed and hollered and he just hated him. He, he, he confessed his undying, unbridled <laughs> passion for wanting to see Brock give the title up and go and do MMA, go and do whatever it is that you do. Just leave wrestling alone. I think that that kind of heat is what Roman is going to build. Like we're going to, we're going to see a Roman Reigns that is like a horror movie. We don't want to see him wrestle our heroes. And as big and as great as built as Braun Strowman is, as AJ Styles is, as Daniel Bryan is, and lastly but not least, The Fiend is, Roman Reigns is going to be able to beat all of those people because of where he is in his mindset now. It's a seek and destroy. How do I destroy this person? Paul, there's no option of whether or not we go and put up a good fight. 
we're not here to put up a good fight. We're here to win. We're here to wreck and destroy and leave. If you're not, if you can't get that done, then you need to get the hell out of here too. So that Roman Reigns, man, I don't think people ready. You brought up two people, the fiend and the monster. And I really loved last night, Heyman starting, uh, getting things really, you know, shifted into high gear when he brought those two up from a challenger standpoint. And I thought he brought a lot of realism, right? I, I felt like he was kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit. Like you can see if you were sitting in a creative meeting, you were like, well, we talked about it on the show too. The fiend doesn't need the title. The fiend is the fiend, right? Like the fiend does fiendish things. He's an evil individual, right? Paul kind of hit on that. Said the same thing about the monster, the monster Braun Strowman, essentially going back and attacking their lineage, right? He was building Roman up as this, obviously the Samoan wrecking machine, but, but, but he building him up as the champion that he is, Mark. Hey, this is a monster. This is a fiend, but let's not kid ourselves about the landscape in WWE. This is the blue chipper. This is the multi-time champ. This is the man who's headlined WrestleMania. You can keep your monsters and your fiends and your scary, you know, horror movies. This is the real horror movie. And then it again, it just, it, it's, we talk about Paul Heyman a lot. I mean, it, you know, obviously not that he hasn't been back, but that's what I'm trying to get. He's back. It's good to have him back because we can start talking about Paul Heyman again. What he adds to a character, what he adds to a show is ample, Mark Henry. I, I think it's more than ample. I think that uh, the immense vision of Paul is what I think Roman lacked. I think Roman didn't have a vision, a focus to where his strengths were going to go. Paul has added that clarity. Like, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And this is when it's going to happen. When we get that win, you got to do what you do. If you can't, give me the wink and I'll help. And like that, I don't need your help. Like you can just go, I can see it developing. It's like a, one of those old Polaroids. You take it and you start shaking it and uh, I can't see nothing yet. And you're shaking it. That's what Paul adds to uh, anybody that he joins. He gives them focus and um, the, a plan, you know, like you got to be able to see it before it happens and even see it before the opponent sees it. You got to set the opponent up to fail. Like, you know, I mean, how many times have we seen Brock getting in a situation where it looked like, oh, the guy's turning the tables. And then all of a sudden, Heyman jumps up and he draws a referee and that guy comes and, you know, goes to do something to Paul and then whack. That's when the axe falls from his opponent. Like, man, it's... Paul is is going to go down in history as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wrestling manager of all time. Yeah, I no mean, question. over Bobby. Yeah, I mean, we're and and also, and I agree with you, and I think one of the one of the factors in that, or at least the main factor for me, Mark, is longevity. Well, I mean, you can go back to WCW Dangerous Alliance. Then the, obviously the ECW years and what that meant to a generation of fans. And then the last 20 years, Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, the feuds, the moments, now Roman Reigns. How, how do you argue that? Mark, we're, 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 what? listen, 
I, we talk about this in, in mixed martial arts and boxing a lot, right? When you talk about all-time greats, when you talk about goats, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, John Jones, and then you go into boxing, bring up names that you want, right? You're never wrong. Like, if you bring up one of those names, you're never wrong. Art is subjective. What you enjoy is subjective. The important thing to focus on here, Mark, as we do this show on Saturday, and we're going to be doing plenty of more shows going forward, specifically with Paul Heyman on our televisions, appreciate it while it's here. You are living classic wrestling moments. This is happening in large part due to the man that we're talking about right now, Paul Heyman, adding an extra layer to a monster. Not a, Okay, I don't want to get confusing as we talk about Braun Strowman, but the, the behemoth that is Roman Reigns, the main events, the WrestleManias, the titles, it, it just took a whole new shape with Paul Heyman. Let me ask you this, Mark. Let me ask you this. Because we're talking about getting heat on Roman Reigns. I'm, I'm a little less inclined to believe that you know Reigns is going to get that real heel heat because of Paul Heyman because I think people just love Paul Heyman for all the reasons that we just talked about one thing that I think could get people to hate Roman Reigns real quickly is him turning on the Usos and doing just violent horrible things to his family because that is a heel move that you just can't get past right kicking the shit out of your own family kind of has some negative consequences people don't really like that obviously so mark if you had to guess right now do you think we're seeing the formation of a new stable with the samoans or do you think this is just a tool of the chip to get roman reigns even more heat with Heyman? it is designed to get more heat i am going to show you and i'm going to show all of the nation the future Roman Reigns standing over the damn near lifeless body of his cousin. His twin brother, Jimmy, runs out. Man, what are you doing? Like, look what you did. Tamina, people from the office, other wrestlers in the locker room. Like, damn, man, do you, you have no couth? This is your cousin. Roman I'm all the family I need. And if you think that because we share the same blood, the same bloodline, that that's going to make you exempt from the ass whoopings that are about to ensue on everybody in this business. <laughs> the problem is not me. The problem is you. And he, he exits and Paul is standing there looking at him. Looking at everybody, <laughs> laughing, believe that. And they, they exit and leave the medical teams to try to tend. And then the next week you see the uncles and the aunts and, hey, why would you do that? Like, you know, like I fed you. I, I, you slept in my house and you, and you show the, the history with Yoko and Fatu and Sam and the, you know, Rosie and, and, and all of the things that emotionally tie us to pro wrestling, the families that have been involved, the Rakishis and the everything that ever happened that we know that happened. And well, Roman is like, <laughs> the montage is beautiful. I enjoy seeing that. But you know, in order to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs and you know, that's just the way it, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, you know, like and be so cold and nonchalant about the destruction of his own family. Man, 
listen, I, I got, that heat writes itself. Well, if taking out the Samoans doesn't do it, I can think <laughs> of one family member the WWE could bring in on a big show to confront Roman Reigns. And if you want some serious heat on Roman Reigns, what if Roman Reigns beat the shit out of The Rock? Yeah. Well, I, I can see the, the Rock coming and going, hey, man, listen, uh, I get it. I've been there. I once was you, but you've gone too far. You're, hurt, you're hurting the family. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, you, you, you have been there, but you left. You quit on all of us. You left the business because you was worried about you. And now you're coming and trying to tell me about me in my house. Oh, WrestleMania looks kind of nice out there. In don't, don't you do, don't you do this to me. Don't Mark. Rest, don't you do I'm this to me. You, you can't hey. do it right now. You just uh, got to wait. No. I agree with that, but, but Hey, do you think, I mean, listen, I know obviously uh, Dwayne Johnson, the rock is a, is a friend of yours. Um, I don't know where he's at, man. I don't ever put anything off. That man is in great shape. I, there's not a doubt in my mind. He could come back. Even with the COVID, he's the only person that that (laughs) we know, we know he's going to beat COVID. Yeah. He's all vascular in that video. And obviously our thoughts are with the rock and his family. That was a, uh, you know, we're laughing or I'm laughing about it, but you know, it is obviously very serious, but as Mark said, oh, the, the rock is, is most assuredly going to lay the smack down on COVID. But do you think he'd come back? Do you think he'd come back for a, for a serious program and a match at mania for the title against, you know, his family in Rome? Oh Rick? my God. Yes. Yes, man. Like what, what does this do for the legacy of the family the next hundred years? Like this is beyond wrestling. This is this is your lineage. You know, Roman was in the movie with him, and I can see all of the boxes being checked off. The Rock's kids, Roman's kids, the Usos' kids, Tamina's kids, Nia kids, if she ever has any. Like you can go down the line of the twins and. Um, Naomi's married into the family. Like all of these people that are around that group, that family, that, and, and not to mention the parents that, oh, man. you know, we all know everybody is going to benefit from the fact that Roman Reigns, who would be the number one guy in the world of pro wrestling in the next six months when COVID is hopefully gone and we're back in arenas and then the rock comes out and goes, Hey, you, 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 you disrespect our family. You beat me within an inch of my life, but let's see if you could do that again. When I see you coming, when you don't sneak up behind me or you hit me when I turn my back, how about I see you at WrestleMania? I'll be ready. I'll already be in Los Angeles. I don't even need a payday. This is not about the money. This is about honoring our family. And you have the honoring and the dishonoring at WrestleMania between Roman Reigns and The Rock. Whoo! You see, you're, you're sitting there making like the chicken skin sort of you're like shaking it out. As we're talking about that, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. And I mean this with all sincerity. I have not been 100 invest, 100% invested 
in any Roman Reigns storyline in the entirety of his WWE career. Now, that is not saying that he hasn't done good work or I haven't respected it. There, there have been moments where I have really enjoyed Roman Reigns on my television. This is different. This makes me a kid. This makes me an actual fan of the storyline to where I need it. I want this to happen that way. I want this to be a natural year build, essentially, to the next WrestleMania. And let's add this wrinkle to Roman Reigns and let's bring Paul Heyman into it and, and let's bring The Rock into it. That would just, that would be special. Check Mark. this out. Add this to, the, to that whole moment. Paul Heyman going, not only has Roman Reigns destroyed who everybody say is the greatest, the Undertaker. And they showed the B-roll in the footage. He retired him. He put him out of the business. And now it's going to be confirmed. He will dispose of the greatest entertainer in pro wrestling history. His cousin, The Rock. Let's go. Brother, Roman Reigns will have heat that will make it so unbearable in the arena you would rather go home and watch it on TV. It's going to be hot in that building, brother. If they can build that and get it to that point and convince both parties that that is what is going to be the historical marker of pro wrestling with all that we've seen, unbelievable. I'm signing me up twice on Sunday. LeBron backwards to KCP, right back to LeBron. Bounce pass, Anthony Davis, slam dunk. A perfect pass from LeBron to AD. Every series. LeBron has has reserved that mindset that he's not going to win a title if Anthony Davis is not playing at a high level. We're talking about Lakers, Trailblazers, and all the 2020 NBA playoff series every morning on Sirius XM NBA Radio, Sirius 207, XM 86, and however you stream in the house. That was a violent violent ass kicking that Bailey put on Sasha Banks really again making no uh, questions or leaving no questions unanswered as to where this might go we have enemies they are on a path to destruction and Bailey uh Mark we talked about this when she went heel back in October neither one of us believed in this I didn't think it was going to work I didn't see her being able to pull this off I was dead wrong um she absolutely killed it last night the execution of that breakup was was perfect uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. What, what, did, what did you think, Mark? I think over the time, Bailey morphed into this whiny, uh, overconfident, egotistical at times type of character that I, I, I always saw it coming, her being a heel, but I didn't see her being this type of heel. I thought it was going to be her abilities would put her aside and it would be the overconfident heel. She is putting a lot of layers to who she has become. And that's why we have a situation last night where it finally spills over and bubbles over. And uh, somebody that we've grown to hate, um, we're going to actually grow to love again. Like we did when she was, uh, when she was really the boss. And and that's Sasha Banks. Uh, a good heel can give a, a baby face life. And that's what we're going to see. Both The work from both of these people are off the charts. 
we can sit here and talk about the greatest of all time in women's wrestling. Both of these women would be in that top 10 no conversation. Yeah. And high in the top 10 conversation. Yeah. Well, you talk about wrinkles. You talk about wrinkles. You talk about layers. Uh, the violence layer, the violence wrinkle last night, that quotient got upped with Bailey. Like, I agree with you. There was a certain way they were going about this heel role with Bailey. It looks like it's headed in a, di- a different direction. And as a performer, Mark, Bailey clearly bought all in. Like she was all in with what she was trying to do last night. And it showed it was violent. It was aggressive. And it was, it was written on her face. It was just, it was a really well-performed and executed moment as well. And I just, a huge tip of the cap to Bailey for that, because there was just no break. It was like, I'm going out there to prove a point. I'm going out there to add another wrinkle to my character. And I'm going to do it in a way to where even people who maybe don't believe in me are going to have to sit back and, and really take note and take, uh, take inventory. And, and again, it continues on a run that now Bailey has been on, at least for me, really, I think since Charlotte showed up and kind of created that wrinkle, it, that rift in between the two, ever since that point, Bailey has been different and she feels different even after last night, Mark, which is just, again, just such a testament to the performer and the character that they're developing really well done. At one point she, after they lost, she was like, be careful. Like, don't listen, don't hurt her. Oh, what a smoke screen. You talk about <laughs> pulling the wool over people's eyes. And uh, in her mind, she had to be thinking that she was going to do all of that. Yeah. And just, it's, it's just that old heat as a little kid that made me hate Ted DiBiase when I was a young Uh, I was, I was hoping you, I was hoping you were gonna, I was hoping you were going to use whippersnapper. I, that was I that, almost that was did, <laughs> and I just I just couldn't do it because of Carl said it yesterday, and Tony Atlas used to say that, and I used to want to punch Tony when he said it. As a young spry kid and a fan <laughs> of Junkyard Dog, I remember seeing Junkyard Dog get beat within an inch of his life by Ted DiBiase in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I remember saying, telling Ted DiBiase, like, man, I can't, I can't believe it. I remember I was a little kid <laughs> in Lafayette, and you beat Junkyard Dog, and I cried. And I screamed, get away from him. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. And he said, you know what? I remember that. He said, you were there? And I was like, yeah. I was like three rows up. And I was the kid that was crying, that was trying to tell you to get away from him. He was bleeding, and you kicked him, and you threw the table on him. He said, I remember that. And I went, that is what Sasha and Bailey had last night. It was a memorable moment that every kid that that saw that they're going to remember that until they're old and gray. It was a historical whooping, but it was more than a whooping. It was the emotional. You can see that there was emotion in that beating. Like she beat her like, how dare you make me lose? And I'm the one that helped 
put you on the platform of success and make you just like me and you disrespect me and you uh, you make me a loser. And I said it on on um, um, the other day with Bully that you remember Jackie Brown? You talking about the movie with Pam Greer? Yes, and Sam. Yeah, of course, Jackson. absolutely. Yeah, Chris Tucker. Was, it's one of my favorite Tarantino movies. There was a scene where they were trying to get the money, right? And Pam Greer had screwed over, um, uh, not Al Pacino, um, De Niro. Well, De Niro. sort of. Yeah, did, yeah. I, I know the scene you're talking about in the mall. And they're in the car, mm-hmm. and Samuel Jackson. It, 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 and I, 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 I compare Bailey and Sasha to Samuel Jackson and De Niro in that scene. I like that. Both bad people doing bad things, and but they're doing it together. And then all of a sudden, Samuel Jackson leans over and goes, man, what happened to you? You used to be so beautiful, and now... Just a, just a bumbling idiot. And he's like, well, well, watch yourself, man. Watch, watch yourself. And he goes, bang. And he shoots him. He goes, what, what the bang? He shoots him again. And that is what I saw last night. I saw two people that were on the same track, same speed, same ability, same powers. But somewhere along the line, Sasha started thinking, why would Bailey not help me? Why would Bailey not try to build me up when I fail? On the flip side of that coin, Bailey was like, she's becoming a liability. Right. She's going to cause me to lose. And then when it happened, Bailey took her out to pasture. And that's identically the same thing. And I, love that. I, I just, <laughs> I'm talking about, man, it was, I'll remember this for the rest of my life. And I, I, I'm, you know, as a wrestling fan, I, I thank them for the memory, but yeah. also I'm like, Damn, what a dirty, low-down, no-good piece of shit Bailey was last night. Well, Jeez. You, you, first of all, I love that you use that scene. As I said, Jackie Brown, one of my favorite Tarantino movies. Thus, one of my favorite movies, uh, period. And that scene is perfect, and I love how you set it up. Here, two bad people doing bad things together. And that is exactly what Bailey and Sasha were until they weren't. And that was the breakup last night. Let me ask you this, Mark. Saw a lot of people, more than a few people with how good the breakup was and obviously with the backstory and Sasha and Bailey now have been doing this uh, in front of WWE audiences now for many years. So there's a, a very natural storyline and a very natural care that people have for these two characters. Could you see the main event in WrestleMania? Could you just see without Ronda Rousey, without Charlotte Flair, could you see a Bailey and Sasha match for the title main eventing WrestleMania? Because I, I, I saw more than a few people suggesting that that last night, that this, this has that sort of legs. Oh God, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess not if you put Roman Reigns in a rock. That's right. that was it. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. That was what I was going to follow up with, even over the Rock and Roman Reigns. Yeah. But that would that would be the pre-main match because 
uh, I remember a, a few years back, I guess it was 17, maybe, maybe 16, Bailey and Sasha had like a match. It was like 40 something minutes. Yeah. And it was at that time, the best female match I ever saw. They're both better now than they were then. <laughs> They're both more established now than they were then. What would you say? What could you say that would not say that they would be the best match? And even with The Rock and Roman Reigns at the top of the card, you better tell Roman and Rock to lace their fucking boots up tight because... It would be a shame mm. to go to WrestleMania with all that ballyhoo and all of that proper circumstance and Bailey and Sasha steal it. And they're the most incredible match of WrestleMania. And they can do it. They can t- I'm telling you they can do it. I like how you uh I like how you use ballyhoo, but not whippersnapper. Oh, like what's stop. what's the what's the gauge? Like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm gonna whip out Ballyhoo, but I'm gonna I'm gonna shelve Whippersnapper. Ballyhoo greater than Whippersnapper. This is fun. I like They're this. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna explore this. Team. I'm gonna explore this over the next uh, well about hour that we got hour two coming up. That means weekly winner coming up here uh, very very shortly. Before we do, Mark, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up some news that broke yesterday across the pro wrestling world. I think a lot of people were surprised. AOP. Authors of Pain, Aikam and Razor, out at WWE, WWE Future Endeavoring, uh, the AOP, the Authors of Pain, wishing them well in their future endeavors. So, Mark, those future endeavors, what do they look like? Because AOP, um, they are certainly hosses. They got the look. They've got the backstory now with WWE. People know them on some level. Where do you think they land? And and, and, and more specifically, Mark, let's, let's lead with this. Why do you think it didn't work in WWE? Why do you think we're talking about AOP no longer being in the company? You know what, man? There's a lot of reasons that you can speculate on. I can't put my finger on it and say, oh, this is fact. But they both did have injuries back to back. And there was a sense of them not being careful. And then there was another thing of um, them not getting it as fast as they wanted them to get it on the biggest stage. And they had Seth Rollins there to help direct, but it still wasn't triggering. And um, you know what, man, like maybe they, they, the WWE gave up on them too soon. I, I, I like them both. Um, they were respectful. They were, you know, really good kids and good men. And uh, they, I think that they're going to have to be what John Morrison was. They're going to have to go away and grow up, have some bumps and knocks and work around the world, go to Japan, go to, Mexico work some spots here in the U S uh, as an identity, create an identity as with their own brand in mind. And then I think that there'll be one of those that you go down the road, like, Whoa, those guys have changed. And then they'll get another shot. We talk to the stars of the NFL on the 2020 training camp tour. The newest Tampa Bay Buccaneer, the starting quarterback, Tom Brady. So what has your relationship with Bruce Arians been so far? It's been fun getting to know him, working with him. I'd say he's a very 
hard-nosed coach. No one's entitled to anything. Everyone's working their tail off. He has high expectations for what we're doing. He wants everyone to go out there and work hard and lay it out on the field. And he's helped me quite a bit here in this transition. Hear these interviews anytime on the SiriusXM app. So you, I take it, are, 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 are excited for what we're about to witness tonight. Oh, my God, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think that um, I want to see what happens with Sheeta. I want to see what happens with Moxley and MJF. I really think that um, what should start the show is what's going on with the tag. And I want to see Adam Page and Kenny Omega early in the show. And but that's the thing that I'm kind of the most excited about because the implications and where the title is going to go and how it's going to transpire. So there, there's a lot to be uh, expected on that card. And, uh, you know, other people might say that they want to see what happens with, with Sammy and Matt, you know, but I, I, I still think that the two things on that card that really uh, the main event, MJF and Moxley, and I want to see what happens with the tag. Well, you bring up the tag and you talk about how you want to see it uh, lead the show. I couldn't agree more from the standpoint. I, I, I think, I mean, you could have it as the main event. We could go back to the the early 90s and the, or the late 80s of the WWF when sometimes that, uh, that happened with the various uh, factions and, and tags that we had in the company. Saw it a little bit later with the Hardy Boys and obviously our own uh, Bully Ray over there with his partner, Devon. So there have been different periods in tag team wrestling where you can uh, obviously legitimately have a main event and the show. I think you could do that with this, but Mark, I like your assessment leading the show with the tag match. I think is a great idea. I, I think these four men already have their eyes set on stealing the show as is. I think it's just in their nature. It's just the way they go about business. Obviously FTR, I think uh, as they potentially go after this first title in AEW, they want to make a lasting impression as well. Mark, I, I like that idea from the standpoint where I think you lead with the tag. You set the bar for the rest of the night. You know what I'm saying? You, you get these men out there, they put in an effort that, that elevates everybody else on the car. I think that would be a great booking decision. I really do. I'm yeah, they, they definitely would get the, the everybody's juices going. They would set yeah. the tempo, and you would have everybody following that pace yeah. for the rest of the show. And I think that um, um, later on, you won't get them at the beginning because once the tag goes into a situation where – you can have a tag tournament or you can have a, a, a fatal four-way tag match. You know, whatever you want to do, that's going to take precedence because they have a lot of talent and they can do a lot of really, really cool and incredible stuff uh, in that tag division. And, you know, we'll get that down the road when we get where we're going. But um, right now, uh, you, you can't end the show with, you know, what, what, what they have for tonight. Well, speaking of having a lot of talent, you brought it up. You kind of skimmed over it. I want to get a little bit deeper into it. And that's Thunder Rosa versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW uh, NWA title there. Um, Mark, this is really interesting because we don't get a lot of like cross-promotion title matches in professional wrestling just because of the nature of the business, right? It's just especially in North America and um, the way everything is set up. This is very exciting. It's very exciting from a few standpoints. I bring up the cross-promotion, styles make fights. Uh, I think this could do a lot for Sheeta as well. But what I want to focus on here is someone who was on the show this week and who has a ton of juice in the professional wrestling world in my mind, and that is Thunder Rosa. Um, this woman 
has an it factor. And, and, I, and I, this, this isn't my whole barometer, but this is something I do pay attention to. My wife is a pro wrestling fan. Mark, you know my wife. She, she, she goes to events with me. She likes certain shows more than others, but she doesn't always watch religiously, right? She doesn't watch to a week-to-week basis. She didn't know who Thunder Rosa was, right? Like she wasn't exactly aware um, of any sort of backstory, had no idea that she was also a mixed martial artist, fights in Bellator, right? Didn't know the backstory of Thunder Rosa, but Mark, she saw the episode this week, and as soon as Thunder Rosa came down the ramp, she's like, who's that? She's like, oh, that's pretty cool. She's got the Day of the Dead thing going on. Oh, I like her. Then she saw the match. One entrance, one match, one visual. My wife is now invested in Thunder Rosa. That woman has an it factor that you can't put a, an exact finger on. I am really excited to see where that goes. Tonight. And, and don't think for one second that they don't know that. Yep. And um, which, you know, kind of could foretell what's going to happen tonight um i'm i'm not gonna call it because you know what i feel like that <laughs> it'll, it'll seem like uh like roman said i'm not i'm just giving a spoiler like business is what's most important and i think what's good is how, how long has she been champion now Ooh, four, five, four, four, three, something like that four months yeah, it's time. something like that. I'm, te- I'm terrible with time, but I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's time. Yeah. yeah, like you know, time's up. Microwave bell just went off. Open the door. <laughs> <laughs> like it's time for some fresh blood and yeah. some shakeup. And I, I I hope that they use Serena to help them put that match together and make that shit really really pop and special because it could be one of those matches that we go whoa. Wasn't expecting that. Mm. It could be one of those. Yeah, and it could do a lot for Sheeta as well. Yes, it could. And yeah. there's we always talk about, you know, there's such a thing as going over and getting over. Even in the loss, she could get over. Yep. If it's done right. And they have to have that mentality of, all right, well shit, I'm 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 losing. You know, I need to get over. Like, how do we do that? Oh, we could do this, and then we could do this, and man, like there's so much that could be done. So, like this pay per view has the potential to be one of those that we really, really talk about. And I think it might have been why give it all up on TV Wednesday when we're gonna come back Sunday, and we don't want to give up all the good shit. And I think that's what happened. Sorry, Pastor, I had about five. Cuss moments today. Sorry, my bad. I like how I feel like that's like a legitimate number. I feel like you have like subconsciously or consciously been keeping track. Like I feel like you genuinely felt bad about saying shit. I'll just say shit, I, shit, 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 shit. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. F word, F word. I'm not gonna say the F word a bunch. I know there's some young kids up. I try to help. I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to. You trying my to help Thank you. Thank you yeah. for helping me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, in my <laughs> being a, for lack of a better term, a old curmudgeon and. Uh, somebody that uses cuss words when they don't really need to be there. So uh, I appreciate uh, everybody, you know, not crucifying me for it, you know, pastor, you know, (laughs) give a brother a break. Uh, But um, that being said, I think that they saved it. Yeah. I think they saved it. And I think that sometimes um, it's better to put matches on that, give somebody else some shine rather than put the guys on and girls on that are going to be involved in the pay-per-view and taking a chance of getting them injured or 
just, you know, doing stuff that didn't matter, which is what they did. They used the people that we like and it didn't matter what they did. I mean, it just, you know, it didn't, it, Wednesday just didn't bubble. So they would have been better off just putting some other people in there and saying, and talking about the pay-per-view and having a lot of interviews. Right. <laughs> like, come on, like, let's do that. Don't let's put, 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 um, Moxley and MJF out there and have blood everywhere. Don't put, don't, don't put a, a tag match out there or have a, um, um, Kenny Omega and Paige in the ring together where Kenny Omega ends up leaving and, and have FTR throw the titles on the ground like garbage. Like I was upset about that. I was like, who, who thought that up? Like that, that's <laughs> like what, where, what universe do you take the titles and you throw them on the ground like garbage? Like here, pick that up. And then you have Paige pick it up. Like, Kenny Omega walks off and it's like, man, I don't even know who you are anymore. Like, that's some bum shit. Like, I, I, I oops, there you go again. I, 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 I didn't like that. Respect the titles. Yeah. Cry over the title. Fight over the title. I'll never throw it on the ground like that. At least they didn't go full God. Naito. Full Naito throwing it up and stomping on it and backing a tractor over it. Might hey, well. listen. You might listen. Well. <laughs> listen, you brought up a bubble. You said, let something bubble. That got me thinking about Mimosa and Champagne. And that brings me to the Mimosa Mayhem match. Mimosa, all the rage on the weekend, Mark. I feel like there's like synergy happened with Busted Open. It's because we, of us. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course. I feel like, you know. I mean, Orange Cassidy was Orange Cassidy before we were doing the Mimosa Minute, and Chris Jericho was the champion, and he had the champagne before we started the Mimosa Minute. But you know what? Don't let a good fact get in the way of a good story, or however that saying goes. But I'm with you. The Mimosa Synergy is real. We got the Mimosa Minute coming up at the end of the show, and we also got the Mimosa Mayhem match coming up tonight. Uh, Mark, we'll end on this. Well, listen, everyone knows enough about the AEW Championship. Everyone's looking forward to that. MJF versus Moxley. That is a match that could uh, really ring you know, ring bells in the future of MJF's career. It could be one of those seminal moments that we look back on in, in a very large way. Now, when we look back on this all-out uh, all pay-per-view, this Mimosa Mayhem match, I think we're going to have some comedic elements in there because of just the nature of the match and what we're talking about, Mark. But I also expect it to be very, very serious because I don't think the work has been done in these past weeks. Jericho losing to Cassidy, all the attention paid on this match without it being a banger. This one's going to be a banger, right, Mark? A little bit of comedy, but we're going to have a damn fine match between these two. Yeah, it's going to be a good match. And, you know, it's going to be one of those where Chris is going to have to be, be put in a spot where – um, he doesn't look so dominant like that he's, it looked like he's sandbagging. Like this is, this is a match where Orange Cassidy is going to have to step up and take his damn hands out of his pockets and work. Which he will. And, and, and I think that if he does that, people, it, it won't go against his gimmick. I think that it'll be the moment where you see Orange Cassidy Go to put his hands in his pockets, and then he goes. And now it's a fight with Chris Jericho. 
that when that happens, it's going to change him and it's going to give him, you know, now you can put Chris Jericho as a, what, what is going on? What's happening? And he's fighting a different guy. And everything you did right, the program for that guy is thrown out the window and the announcers will uh, confirm what that is to the fan base. And you put together a really, really good match. So um, I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing if they're going to do that. If not, that's fine. But uh, I've just been around for a while and I, I can see what is sizzle and what's the stake. Mm-hmm. And the stake is watching Orange Cassidy go into a fight mode and actually give Jericho something that he wasn't expecting. I like it. I like it. All right. I'm just going to ask you this about the, I'm just going to ask you this about the main event, Uh, Moxley and MJF. Uh, Mark, do you think there's a chance that MJF walks away the champion tonight, the new AEW, the third AEW champion? Because Mark, if they do that, I mean, that's must-watch television. It's already must-watch television on Wednesdays anyway with AEW. But MJF with gold heading into election year, doing the election thing that he's kind of doing, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. And he's 24 years old. Not a lot of young men come along in this business that have made the impact that MJF has made, especially without really making a ton of noise on the indies. I mean, he came on radar, came on the radar with AEW. I feel like he's been a true blue AEW guy. I think he's one of the reasons you need to tune in every Wednesday. Him as champion. I don't hate it, Mark. Do you think it could possibly happen? I know it could happen. I, I, I wish you listened to the show yesterday because, I, spoiler alert, I, yesterday I said that I, I could see him winning and being in the next five years the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's special. Uh, he's got all the factors. And the thing that we're negating from his uh, repertoire is something that he's not in control of. His age and how he looks. He's going to develop into a man one day because he's yeah. still a young man. And, and you know, it's kind of like I always use Morrison and Drew McIntyre as the barometers of what it is to come into the business young, 20 years old, 23 years old, and really not catching it because you look like a kid. I mean, even Cody went through that. I remember Cody, like people going, man, I'm not losing to that kid. He's a kid. (laughs) People not working hard for him because he looked like a kid. And that's where MJF has got his ass in the gym and started training. You look at his body developing. He looks different just in a man. His facial structure is changing still. Yeah. He don't look pudgy in the face like a little little pudge kid that just graduated high school. Like he's starting to look like a man. What is it going to look like in three years? That was my question. What type of body do you think he ends up with by twenty nine thirty? Are we talking I like think a he's prim- going to be a body guy? I think. Well, I was just saying. Are we talking like Prime HBK? Are we talking like Guerrero? Like I mean, you know, Daniel Bryan. Where where do you think that fits for him? Dean Malenko. I think that. Uh, if you can get him to work more like Malenko, his, his body will last longer. Um, but I think that, you know, he's going to have one of those muscled up Chris Benoit type bodies. Yeah. You know, like one of those Brian cage type bodies later on. Uh, and he's not going to have to work like a luchador that he he's going to have to work ground and pound. And 
Um, he's going to have to work holds and uh, he's going to have to lie, steed, and chill like Eddie Guerrero. Like that's, that's what I smile when I think of Eddie Guerrero because, man, he just entertained the hell out of me. As How can he not, right? And then when, once I got to meet him and I saw him come over to uh, WWF at the time, uh, now WWE, I just gravitated to him and was like, hey, man, like, <laughs> I love to watch you work. And he was like, I appreciate it, man. He's like, but, and he started reprogramming me because at that time I was at a crossroad and he was one of those guys that was like, Hey man, what, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? And I was like, well, I'm charming, you know, good looking. And uh, he's like, no, man. He's like, you need to cut that shit. You need to cut it. He said, what I see is I see a monster. I see somebody, something that everybody's afraid of. He said, I, I, if I was you, I would be dead or in jail. No, no, no buts about it. No more wrestling. He <laughs> said, I beat, beat up everybody that ever crossed me. He said that there would be some people that I would beat with my hands to death because they deserve it. He's like, but you're not that guy. And until you become that guy, You'll be here in the locker room. And he was right. I had to change and become a heel and a monster in order for people to truly respect what it is that I could do. So shout out to my brother, Eddie. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.